0: From KLIN Radio and the Lincoln Independent Business Association, this is the Lincoln Business Beat, a weekly summary of news affecting area business and a review of interesting topics and issues. Along with LEVA's Research and Policy Director, Carter Tail, I'm Mark Vail. Glad to have you joining us. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by the 1890 Initiative. Visit 1890Nebraska.com where 100% of your donation goes directly to Husker student-athletes. Recent meeting, Carter, uh, some Lancaster County commissioners, I believe it was, met with some Mm -hmm. state senators. uh, Get some of the details on that.
1: Yeah, you know, there's a lot of different organizations who are meeting with their local representatives, getting things in order for the upcoming session. This is my first time working in policy, so there is a certain feel this time of year. Um, It's very unique, but uh, the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce and Nebraska Chamber of Commerce were actually meeting with local senators last week, and they're going to be meeting again over the next week to finalize what their priorities are. Um, Obviously, we at LEBA, we got ours out the door on Monday, so they went to all of the state senators, local policymakers, city councilmen, uh, county board members, and Governor Jim Pillen. So that's great to have that wrapped up and then yes I was I had the pleasure of going to the uh County 101 event the Lancaster County 101 event on Tuesday to see the local county bo- uh, the county board members meet with a handful of senators to go over their priorities
0: well there's a, there's a lot going on and of course with the legislature coming in the, the second session of this legislature it's going to be the short 60-day session mm-hmm. so there's got to be a lot a uh, lot to happen there's got to be a lot accomplished so mm-hmm. i would imagine that these meetings are very useful especially for the senators to mm. to be briefed on some of these priorities that these organizations and individuals have.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of discussion that we've heard in the news about the senators are really concerned about not getting into a situation like last year's where you had so much policy debate about the the rules of the legislature instead of the actual bills themselves. That really... That really may carry over into this year, so we're hoping to get done. You really have to narrow down the sort of priorities that you want to get out of the way. On the county board side, what they were very vocal about, among other things, was that Section 42 housing valuation, the assessment that we've been talking about, uh, what Commissioner Flowerday and Elliot Bostar they are going to carry a bill where instead of focusing on the assessment for the section forty two housing properties, they're going to uh give those properties a property tax exemption, so oh, that wow. way yeah, so that would take care of the constitutionality. Of the law allowing section forty two properties to use an income based model and the provision in the constitution that doesn 't allow that, so this would sort of bypass that because we do have exemptions, you know, for example the homestead uh, exemption, so there that is a top priority for the county this session
0: and if you 're wondering about that property tax on um section 42 housing a couple of additions ago so if you want to go back in the Lincoln business beat Carter and I went into that in detail so rather than do that all over again mm-hmm. just check back there and that was our deep dive a couple of weeks ago Platt Institute has come out with a, um, a study uh, a report if you will on uh, the campaign <clears throat> to lower taxes over the next 4 years and we've we've had some stories here about the the state uh, tax refunds and some of the mm-hmm. credits that are out there, uh, could leave us some uh, with some shortages. But I'm not getting that sense quite yet of how this all plays together.
1: Well, I'm just going to touch on it briefly because within the next couple of weeks, I want to bring in Nicole Fox, who is the Director of the Government Affairs at the Platt Institute. But basically... According to the TaxFoundation.org, Nebraska currently ranks 38th in the nation for state and local tax burden on individuals. Um in other words, we're resident, heavily taxed. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Let's just get cut right to it.
1: Yeah, it's not it's not just the usual grumbling, you know. This is something that needs to be addressed. And so the path to the top ten, as they suggest, would uh include some policy changes such as a two-tiered tax cap, whereas now with the pink postcards, it would be changed so that any sort of increase, not just beyond the allowable growth rate, but any increase in property tax askings would have to be mailed out to taxpayers on a postcard, and the voters would have to approve of those increases. So that's a subject of debate. Um, And taking that income tax credit that you mentioned and putting it directly towards the school districts who are the main recipients of property taxes um rather than just going back to the taxpayers because apparently a lot of that money is left unclaimed so that could have a direct impact on reducing property taxes
0: well that'll be certainly one of the topics that the legislature takes up i know they're the pink card legislation they're they're looking at some modifications to that so that it's a little more uh, i don't want to say user friendly but it needs some uh, tweaking.
1: Everybody is going to attack property taxes and the truth in taxation from a hundred different directions. It'll be interesting to see which of the bills uh, weather the storm through committee and really make it out the other end.
0: And then see what the debate ends up being, because uh, <laughs> it's it's a hot topic. It has, has been for uh, virtually as long as I can remember, and as a matter of fact, uh, probably it's not going to be totally solved this year. But
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know, it's it's pretty high priority after uh, some of the things that happened this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, here on the Lincoln Business Beat, oh, for the past um, nine, twelve months, we've talked about the city's floodplains and and the the building requirements and and the new mapping and all of that. Uh, what's the latest?
1: Well, this happened a couple of weeks ago, but it's definitely still worth mentioning that the City Council approved Lincoln's new Flood Mitigation Master Plan, just a basic agenda going forward for the next several years um, to keep Lincoln's FEMA rating in a Class 5. FEMA grades your safety um, for floodplain regulations from a scale of Class 1 to Class 9, Lincolns is the highest in the state at a class five. And the higher your rating, the more discounted flood insurance premiums are. So sort of a cost benefit analysis, you want to have good regulations that are for safety and get those discounts. At the same time, you don't want to make too stringent of regulations that deter development and make it excessively costly. So
0: is the city the only group that uh, works on this stuff, or are there other agencies that, that they can work well, with?
1: Actually, now that you mention it, this plan will, over the course of several years, blend into the Lower Platte South Natural Resource District's overarching hazard mitigation plan. So it, 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 it'll it form in conjunction to that as it develops.
0: Well, it can't be... Um, <laughs> You know mapping out flood maps and and all that there 's so much that goes into that mm-hmm. um, Can people find this online or or how do you find out more information i mean if this, these yeah. long term plans are always very very uh, they 're critical to the process but they 're also quite complex usually
1: yes, they are, and if you know there 's over thirty points of emphasis in the plan. Um, if you want to find it, you can really you can go on the city's website and find it, but just Google search Lincoln, Nebraska Flood mitigation plan and you'll find the result there. Just understand while this plan is very comprehensive, the contents are not legally binding regulations, so even if a development's plans conflict with any of the provisions of the plan. They're immaterial as long as that developer is still in compliance with the federal, state, and local floodplain regulations. But with that said, this plan does list the agendas going forward that the city has. So it may forecast certain regulations that may be passed in the future. So it's important to keep that in mind.
0: Yeah, You need to stay up with this type Mm -hmm. of stuff because this is not a a static Situation, uh, further developments. I guess in in this business, we would say, stay tuned. There's, there'll be more coming up. <laughs> that's so,
1: good. So uh,
0: anyway, uh, that's uh, good to know that uh, you're on top of that, and I'm sure you'll keep us updated. I up, won't you on this, yeah. Uh, amongst other things, let's take a quick check of uh, some things going on with Liba. And now, I do want to mention that. Uh, because you mentioned Governor Pillen a few uh, minutes ago. He'll be the luncheon speaker on the 19th uh, at uh, the LIBA luncheon down at the Grand Mance. Yep. You can watch that. Uh, if you can't make it to the lunch, you can watch that. That'll be streamed on Facebook on the, through the LIBA Facebook page. Or you can still make reservations. I think there's still a few seats available. Yes, we do. What else is going on uh, with LIBA? I know we're... Running out of time for Mr. Seinhorst. He uh, is leaving his post as president and CEO at the end of the month.
1: Yeah, it's sad. But we have closed the job application, so started interviews. Hope to have a decision soon. That'll be great. We're calling the position executive director um, for going using CEO from now on. But, yeah, we've closed the job application and should have a decision pretty soon. It'll be nice to know who I'm going to work for and also... We do have a going away party for Bud. It's our Liba holiday party,
0: it, which has come back. That's, that's been off the calendar for a few years due to the pandemic. So.
1: Yeah, and we are allowed to call it Bud's going away party. But yes, we will have the Liba holiday party December twenty first from four thirty to six thirty p.m. at Whitehead Oil Party Room, and it's it an is- ugly sweater contest. The theme is ugly sweaters, and the ugliest sweaters will receive prizes. The top two ugliest sweaters will receive prizes. It'll be judged, so get your ugliest sweater or suit or dress, whatever it might be, and come have some fun because it'll be a good time.
0: Okay. Again, that is uh, December 21st, Whitehead Oil. It's uh, over there on, I think, Randolph, isn't it? Yes. Uh, Over there uh, next to uh, Lincoln High. 430 to 630. You can find out more information at leba.org as well, or you can give the office a call. Uh, what are we going to go into our deep dive? I just looked at the headlines, and this one's uh, another one of these that's a little bit complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to do a deep dive on what?
1: Yeah, so there's some new federal regulations leading to a lead safe initiative in the city of Lincoln. So. The city of Lincoln will be receiving a $32.6 million loan from the Nebraska Department of Environment and Energy to fix some of the city's water pipage system.
0: And as I understand it, a lot of this is the actual uh, water access into individual homes or businesses, not necessarily the main infrastructure. Not
1: the main water system, but...
0: But this is going to be a lot of infrastructure activity over the course of a few years. So we're going to do a deep dive on that in just a moment. Husker fans, you've probably heard about NIL, name, image, and likeness. And now you can have an immediate effect on the success of our program. 1890 initiative is nebraska's premier nil company and with your help we can maximize our student athletes opportunities with nil and prepare them for life after college nebraska has always been a leader in college athletics let's do the same with nil to learn more visit 1890nebraska.com where 100 percent of your donation goes directly to husker student athletes that's 1890nebraska.com
1: Terms apply.
0: Our deep dive on this edition of the Lincoln Business Meet has to do with some infrastructure within the city of Lincoln. Let's, uh, uh, Carter, let's do a, a kind of a, a ground level, if you will, on this. It, it goes. It has to do with lead uh, pipes that yes. are part of the water delivery system, mm-hmm. and this is a nationwide thing. Yes. So what What are some of the numbers for Lincoln? Yeah. Uh, and and this. We did a news story on it. It's not just the lead pipes that are going into homes or businesses. There can be some galvanized pipe that is yep. after some lead, and that has to be changed too. So yeah. let, let's get down into the nitty gritty. Let's say instead of the uh, yeah a deep dive, a deep dig in this one. Yeah, but, that's what's going to happen.
1: Okay, so yeah, I'm I'm not trying to fear monger or anything because I do want to say first and foremost, all of Lincoln's drinking water is in compliance with. The current regulations across the board, federal, state, and local.
0: That's EPA regulations.
1: EPA regulations were all good there. However, we do have quite a few lead water lines that were constructed back in the early 1900s, mainly the 1920s, that still connect um, quite a few residencies and businesses to the main water system. So as you mentioned earlier, it's not in the main water system, but we do have quite a few connecting service lines that that are composed of lead. And drinking water from lead pipes is bad. So... Well, it's
0: uh, certainly not. Uh, it's not good, as we've as we learned in Flint, Michigan. If you I'm, didn't know, yeah. Uh, but there's about six thousand that are either lead or uh, lead after galvanized. Yeah, and those are the, those are the first targets, as I understand
1: it. Yes. Yeah, so currently, there are nearly two thousand lead water lines in Lincoln. Almost. 4,000 galvanized lines that you mentioned, the galvanized lines, 4,000 of those, and almost 5,000 lines where we don't have an inventory on the material that composes them. Okay, so so this isn't just about replacing some of the service lines, it's also about taking inventory on the lines that we haven't checked on in quite some time. So in total, 10,775 total water service lines need to be inventoried and or replaced over the next 10 years, which is the time period for this initiative.
0: Okay. And that's to come into compliance with these new federal regulations. Yes. Right?
1: The, the Federal Infrastructure Investment Act has provided funding mechanisms to complete that objective, such as the loan that is the subject of this.
0: And, and, the, and Lincoln's getting a loan? I Lincoln
1: is receiving a loan from the Nebraska Department of Environment and Energy that is funded in part of conjunction with this program. The terms of the loan are we're getting $32.6 million. The repayment period is for 30 years. There's a 0% interest rate, and up to 62% of the loan can be forgiven, depending on the financial state of the areas that the repairs and inspections have to be completed. So Director Elizabeth Elliott of the LTU um she mentioned that roughly fifty percent of this loan will be forgiven. Given Lincoln's current socioeconomic layout, and, and what would Im- they have charted, so. and I
0: would imagine part of that has to do with those would be the older sections because you said these pipes went in a long time ago. Yep, these would be the more uh, or the older sections of town. Yes. where values are generally a little easier.
1: Yeah, there's a lot that are focused downtown, the density, and but it, I saw the map at the city council meeting, and it's actually surprising that it does it does stretch far and wide. So It's definitely something worth looking into for sure, Um, but it is going to, you know, first and foremost, I should mention, they heard the testimony on it this Monday. They'll likely approve the loan at their next meeting this coming Monday. It was second reading, so it'll likely be approved this coming week, Um, but they're, is going to come a cost to this program. The downsides are mainly borne by the residents and the the business owners and the landlords who are the ones who have the lead water service lines because it's going to be an invasive procedure. You know, obviously, if they're repairing your service line, they're going to have to dig. They're going to have to get in there. It's going to take time. It's going to cost money. But then also for the lines that have to be inventoried. Director Elliott made it clear that that won't just be them going into your basement, checking your water meter, and checking off a box. You know, there still likely will be some potholing and some digging to make sure that it's up to date, that it's not lead. So it'll be invasive and This is a mandate. It's a federal mandate. It's not an incentive program, so to speak, right now. um, Because Councilwoman Sandra Washington was astute to ask the question, well, what happens if a business owner or a homeowner says, no, I don't want to do this? And Director Elliott mentioned, well, the EPA is coming out with new regulations devoted to that specific contingency, that the owner doesn't provide consent. So I don't know what it is right now, but I can guarantee that the federal government isn't going to punish you by doing nothing.
0: Well, I would assume then if a homeowner, a business owner doesn't want to to do this, though, they, if they are not forced to do it, there could be some ramifications uh Further down along the line, if they ever wanted to sell it, there'd have to be disclosures and things like that i would I would assume
1: yeah and i I would also forecast financial penalties um, being out of compliance with regulations usually does result in that getting different permits for additions, that sort of thing. there may come a slew of financial penalties. If they even do have the ability to offer different expansions or renovations and that sort of thing, disclosures as you mentioned. So well, I, I could
0: imagine that there's, there would be mitigation issues, uh, just okay. like there was with what asbestos, lead paint. I mean, there's all types of oh. there's all kinds of examples here where oh, yeah. these things are, are uh, outlawed or taken off the uh, ability to, be, to have them in your home, and, and so there are consequences if somebody. Uh, does not want to do this at mm-hmm. this time, so they'll have to make that decision themselves.
1: So that's why it's really important to find out if this does apply to you. The city, after, they, after the council approves this next week, um, the city will go into a slew of public feedback meetings over the next few months. It's very important to get as much public feedback so that they can create a program that completes this initiative and is suitable as much as it can be for the residents here. So if you want to find out if you have lead water service lines, then you will have to go, you can go online and find it out here. I really couldn't, I I tried going on the, the city website and searching for it and I just couldn't do it. So best chance is to follow this link and I will include this in my policy update it's www.lincoln.ne.gov backslash city backslash departments backslash ltu backslash utilities backslash lws backslash tap dash records backslash help play that back if you need to hear it again because that's a mouthful
0: Wow. Yeah, I can see why even search engines get a little tired on that one. <laughs> well, uh, I'm sure that, uh, well, you'll have links in in your policy um, yes. uh, email, and we'd be glad to help you out on that if you uh, want that information uh, as well. So, wow. Uh, and again, this is going to be taking place over the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be one of these long-term projects that's going to mess up a lot of lawns and probably driveways and streets especially in certain parts of the community.
1: Yeah, and you know, Bud always mentioned decisions are made by those who show up. So if we're implementing a program that carries over that period of time that's going to have such an impact, it really is important that we get as much public involvement in this as possible. So please make the time, stay informed, and show up.
0: And here on Lincoln Business Beat, uh, we'll, uh, I'm saying this for you, Carter, uh, you will be following this. And if there's anything major that comes up, we'll uh, discuss it here on the Lincoln Business Beat.
1: Absolutely.
0: All right. Well, it's holiday season. Again, uh, let's go over uh, the quick uh, thing on the big things for LIBA this month. We've got the LIBA uh, luncheon, the December meeting on the 19th. That's at the Grand Man's, uh, the Jasmine Room, LIBA.org. I believe there's a link to uh, register for that. If you can't make the lunch, uh, you can uh, watch the Facebook live stream. Guest uh, will be Governor Jim Pillen. And then the party two days later.
1: It's going to be so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Ugly
0: ugly sweater contest along with Bud Signor's, uh, Signor's going away party. So those are the big items. Anything else for the good of the cause?
1: Just have a really happy holiday season, and we will do our best to keep you informed as to what's going on. Thank you.
0: All right. Carter Thiel with the uh, uh, Policy and Research Director. And we do want to remind you to please share this podcast. Leave us a rating and review as well. Share it with your friends and colleagues and other business people as well. This has been the Lincoln Business Beat from the Lincoln Independent Business Association and KLIN Radio. Reviewing and updating business owners and community members on what's happening in the business community and around Lincoln. Along with Carter Thiel, I'm Mark Vail. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by the 1890 initiative. Visit 1890nebraska.com, where 100% of your donation goes directly to Husker student-athletes.